You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It is nice to be talking to you all again. I know we have a lot of catching up to do and we will be doing that in our episode that is coming out on Monday, but I wanted to make sure, and Richie and I both wanted to make sure that some of these really important topics that we talked about in the second half of our show that we've already filmed have gotten out to you guys earlier. So we decided to give you guys a nice surprise early show. I hope you guys enjoy it. And um, we are bringing back our wonderful segments that we had when we did our web show. So um, I will be doing my Corey's Corner. Richie will be doing his Dick of the Week. And since Kat was on with us, she will be doing her cat's meow as I randomly came up with during the show. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Ladies first on the show. Um, We haven't done Corey's Corner in a long time on this show. So I will give you the floor for the inaugural edition of Corey's Corner on the Hockey Podcast Network version of Sporty with Corey and Richie. What do you What do you have on tap uh, for us today? Thank you. Um, well, on Corey's Corner, it's usually a lot more uh, chill and calm than uh, Richie's Dick of the Week. I mean, you can tell by Dick of the Week, it's usually a lot more anger-fueled. Mine, um, sometimes I will go on angry rants. Um, I have gone on angry rants about people wearing jerseys to games that, um, of two teams that, that are outside the two teams that are playing, but I won't go into that today. Um, mine is usually kind of some, uh, some PSA about how to be better people to people. And, um, mine this time is, is going out to hockey Twitter and it is to say that now that hockey's back and we have missed it dearly, let's try and be nice to each other for once on hockey Twitter. Um, uh, let's not go at each other's throats for one. And if a player decides that they are going to not play for whatever reason, I mean, there was an entire article about Grabner that just came out. Um, oh, Side note, if you uh, want to see some really good content, um, that's Craig Morgan just made his own um, subscribe. So you can go subscribe to that to get all of his content now that he's not with The Athletic anymore. Um, Just wanted to throw that out there. But um, he put a great article about the fact that uh, Michael Grabner thought about not playing um, this this playoff round um, because of the fact that he was worried about his wife and his kids and everything. And during this is a very hard time for everyone. Um, And people have lost people. People are worried about people who are high risk or they're high risk themselves like Max Domi. So um, 
I just really think that at this point in time with everything that is going on, that we should be a lot more calm and understanding to each other and try and get through this and just appreciate it for what it is. It is hockey in July and is back. And it is hockey that has made it through the crevices of a global pandemic. And that is something that is beautiful in its own right. So please appreciate it for what it is. Very well said. I 100% agree with you. Kat's nodding her head. She I has, am. She has Kat a- doesn't understand audio. No, I, I think that's that's a very good point. Um, especially the players who were torn on it. A lot of them had very tough decisions to make. And uh, I think that regardless of the decision that they made, um, I think it should it should be respected and it should be... Like you said, we should we should stay stay calm about it. Should stay rational about it and be kind of empathetic there. Alright, it is now time for my favorite segment of the show, which is Dick of the Week, which this week is presented, of course, by Manscaped.com. If you go to Manscaped.com right now and you enter our promo code THPN, you can get 25 was 20% off Corey. It 20% off and free shipping. Yes, exactly. And they put out some new products recently, like a nose hair trimmer and a nail clipping kit. I highly suggest you grab those. Or of course, as we like to call it, this is my favorite part of the show because cat's going to cringe really bad right now. Uh, the man meat mower, the man, the man meat mower. That's uh, that's that's their signature product. You can grab it at manscaped.com. Promo code THPN. Uh, great deal there. So my dick of the week this week is a, an organization in general. An organization that is not the Washington professional football team, although they should be permanently put into the dick of the week. As like as we like to call call it on the the freaks with Kenny and Crash, the douche canoe. And one of the leaders of the douche canoe is, of course, Dan Snyder. But that's for another time and another podcast. Thank you so much. Can you just say douche canoe one more time? Douche canoe. Yes. Okay. Continue. Thank you very much. Um, this this week, it's the Professional Hockey Writers Association. And it's because of this reason. They put out – the NHL has been putting out their award nominees um, over the last you – know, over this week. And – um, and today on, on Thursday, when we're recording this, they announced nominees for the Lady Bing, which the Lady Bing is, I'm going to read it directly. It is award to the NHL player who has exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. It's a great award, uh, in general, nice award. And the nominees this year were Nathan McKinnon, Ryan O'Reilly, and... Arizona's own Austin Matthews. But here's my problem with it. And there's a great article out there from USA Today about this that goes in depth. And the headline is, Austin Matthews' Lady Bing nomination is disappointing but familiar example of hockey culture. And the reason why this is disappointing and why the PHWA is um, on the, is my dick of the week this week is because if you have forgotten, Austin Matthews in the offseason was accused of 
doing this. Matthews was accused of trying to get into a locked car of a female security officer around 2 a.m. last summer. When the officer confronted him and his friends, Matthews pulled down his pants but kept his underwear on and mooned her. Though the charges were later dropped, Matthews issued a weak apology over their transgression. It's like, what are we doing here, man? NHL needs to be better than this. This is a problem hockey culture-wide, and it's just it's just one example of a bigger problem around hockey culture in general. Um, and it just it's disappointing. So, Professional Hockey Writers Association, you are my dick of the week this week, presented by Manscaped.com. Thank you very much. I saw a great tweet after all that that said that uh, they should give the award to Brad Marchand, and I thought it was very funny because it was very ironic. I have. I thought it was that. I think. I think the lady Bing. So we've been over this before. Uh, the the awards are kind of crap because they're all so vague that it's hard to tell. And I understood that they were vague until, but then I really understood how vague they are when I first got my Pro Hockey Writers Association ballot as a member of the Pro Hockey Writers Association. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not a member, so. I am. um, And I realized that when you read the description, they're all so vague that it's hard to tell. Really, you want to vote for someone that exhibits what you think the award means, but also what you think the award is interpreted as. And that for me is where I think the Lady Bing is just kind of crap. Because in theory, the Lady Bing is either about on-ice conduct or it's about being a gentlemanly person. And they don't really go super well Mm -hmm. together. Because if they did, if it was like an all-encompassing reward about on and off the ice, then I think, honestly, someone like, like John Tavares or Sidney Crosby would win it every year because they're boring and they don't, they don't fight. They don't lick people. They don't butt end people with their sticks. They don't assault security guards. They don't Ryan O'Reilly. That's another treat. This is the second time he's been a finalist for that award. And um, he drove his car through a Tim Hortons at five in the morning and then walked away from it. And they found him like wandering up the road. He was incredibly intoxicated. So off the ice, guys like Brad Marchand, that's that's the joke. Like he, in theory, is one of the best guys off the ice. He's Where the really, pizza at? Where the pizza at? But he's a huge champion of anti-racism. He's a huge champion of uh, the LGBTQ community. He is never afraid to go at it with people on Twitter who use homophobic language, use transphobic language, use racist language, who try and drag his name in to harass other people on the internet. He'll take them down pretty well, but then, and he raises a lot of money for causes, you know, great guy off the ice, on the ice, not so great. Zidane Chara off the ice, was at the Black Lives Matter rallies, which... I'd love to be standing next to six foot nine, nice Zidane Ochara at the Black Lives Matter rally. Um, 
super informative, super kind on the ice might have broken Max Pacioretty's neck at one point. Um, but then you have guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Austin Matthews. And really on that particular award, I went down the list. I'll, I'll tell people how I voted last year. And I don't remember who my finalists ended up being. I think one of the Grandland brothers was one of the three. But I went down the list of players with the fewest penalty minutes. And I looked to see who had the highest points. Because it's a combination of gentlemanly conduct and on-ice talent or ability or some stupid wording like that. And then of those players, picked the one that seemed the least like a dirtbag. So I did not vote for Ryan O'Reilly. He was not on my ballot last year. But it was very hard to find players who had over 20 points and under 20 penalty minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I think voting for Austin Matthews and Ryan O'Reilly is flawed. But I think it's a flawed award to begin with. I think it should be scrapped at this point. Unless you want, because that's a... There's the other award for, uh, like, off-ice Yeah, they have, the, they have the Mark Messier Award, which is, like, a charity award. And then they yeah. also have the Master, Ten, the Master Ten as well, which is kind of like a, the a comeback, player, yeah. comeback player award. And they're all kind of cut from the same cloth. So And the Master Ten was hard to vote for. This year, we had to come up with our finalists here in Arizona. And that we actually did our nominations right before the true COVID lockdown. And uh, I remember I was on a conference call with the, uh, the PHWA members here in Arizona. It's myself, Craig Morgan, Matt Lehman of AZ Sports and Rick Morin of AZ Central. And the four of us were on the phone trying to figure out which Arizona player, because that's a, that's a heated award every year. People see who was nominated by a team and they're like, that's stupid. They nominated them. You have to nominate a player mm -hmm. from your team. You have to every year. And, uh, we were trying to figure it out and Auntie Ranta and Siri was a good one because he had overcome adversity in the fact that he's always hurt, but he hadn't played, he hadn't managed to come back for long enough to really make it count. And Nick Jalmerson, maybe he'll be our nominee next year, but he was injured too for a large swath of time. And then he'd only been back for like two games when the COVID lockdown hit. And Michael Grabner came back from his eye thing last year and then was garbage this year, right? Like he played incredibly poorly. He was a healthy scratch a lot of the time. So we didn't think that would count for displaying because the awards definition is displaying the most perseverance and dedication to the sport of hockey. And so we picked Connor Garland because he, during interviews, every time we were in the locker room, told me about how much film he watches on goalies to see their patterns. He looked at systems videos he looked at numbers. He's he's someone who believes in the analytics behind it and watching the film behind it and all the practicing and reshaped his game to basically become an NHL competent player. And so people thought that was kind of a stupid nominee and that was really our only option this year. So I think I think the voting sucks. The voting's hard. A lot of the awards are super vague. Um, I think Austin Matthews is... I'm, I'm amazed he was a finalist for that award. I still think it's going to go to McKinnon anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but in full disclosure, I was not one of the people who got to vote this year. They actually don't let all of us vote every year. They split it up so that it's not heavily skewed to one conference or the other and one division or another. 
so they pick x number of people from each market and the same people are not picked every year yeah so i did not get to vote this year so i was not involved in this at all you guys can't yell at me for that one but but yeah i think that's i think it's a tricky award i think it's kind of a stupid award that's my that's my hot take on it I mean, I do have to say that Henrik Lundqvist would have won every single year if it was about dressing gentlemanly. He is the best, like, gentleman-looking dresser. That's and that's what's funny is we actually, when it comes to the the lady bing, we always wonder if there should be a goalie involved. But goalies don't really get penalty minutes unless their name is Jonathan Quick or Darcy Kemper. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so for the most part, I mean, usually when you look at that, the goalies have zero penalty minutes, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard to, to pick a goalie for it. But I, I would put him on my lady Bing group right there, but, but that's just me. I still think that Dan Snyder being a perennial dick of the week is, is a beautiful thing. Cause am I allowed yeah. to curse on this podcast? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. that guy. That, that's kind of well, that's what I, go ahead Corey. i was gonna ask uh, we richie got his dick of the week i got my Corey's corner i was wondering if you would like a cat's meow <laughs> yes <laughs> I would, meow. Oh, oh, so so my cat's meow is that just where i i air my my festivus grievance here pretty much yeah cool I'm going to spend two minutes talking about Dan Snyder and the Washington, the Washington former Redskins. Um, so first off, fuck that guy. Haven't heard a nice thing about him at any point in time from anyone in the industry. And for those who have been living under a rock, um, starting last week, uh, there was a little bit of bubbling under the surface. People were tweeting that they knew something was coming, but and that it was going to be really bad and it wasn't going to be involved with the name. And a lot of people got mad at that and said that they were just protecting their sources. And now that it's come out, I think a lot of people owed those men who basically were hinting at it an apology. Um, because I think that the story that came out should not have been leaked. I don't think that at any point, like if, let's say Corey and I came forward and talked about harassment that we dealt with with an NHL team, let's say that happened. And uh, somebody leaked my part of the story, but not hers before I gave consent for it. That would be tremendously unacceptable. So I'm glad that they waited for the full story to come out with the consent of all the women involved, with the story told the way that they wanted it to be told, with everybody included all at once, because there is power in numbers with stuff like that. But for anyone who hasn't read it yet, there was a basically 15 women who have worked within the Washington Redskins organization alleged sexual harassment from scouts within the team and from people within Dan Snyder's inner circle, which if you're a woman who's worked in sports, I really hate to say this, but in such a blanket way, but if you haven't experienced sexual harassment or you say you haven't, you're a liar because Corey, I know that we've talked about it before. There have been individuals with certain teams who have made disparaging comments. They've made little looks. They've, I know that somebody one time insinuated that one of us was not a worker for the team, but 
the girlfriend of someone who was working for the team and dismissed. And so, and I think we've lived a pretty sheltered experience when it comes to all of that. I know that I definitely have a sheltered experience because I get a lot of benefit of the doubt having played and having coached. A lot of people give me, I think, an unfair amount of respect compared to other women in the industry. And I get less harassment from people because they've seen a picture of me in goalie gear, because they've seen a picture of me holding a stick and coaching children. And so they say, oh, she knows the game. She understands. But look at that slut. And they point to some other girl who might look better than I do and may not have played the game before. And I think it, oftentimes it's a lose-lose. If you dress too nicely at the game, you look like you're thirsty. If you don't dress nicely enough, people think you're dowdy and don't understand the culture. And there are lots of little remarks that get made that made it sound like that make it sound like we're not involved or like we're secondary. They'll say, "Hey, they're gentlemen." And then, like it happened to me one time with a scout for a particular team, walked up to everyone, said going on gentlemen and then looked at me and said oh hey little lady and just the little things that you get if you haven't dealt with that you're lying um I think it needs to change I'm glad that I'm glad that it came out couldn't happen to a better organization than the Washington Redskins um but anybody who thinks that that's an isolated thing that the Washington Redskins have a a uniquely broken culture haven't been paying attention and I'm hoping that this snowballs a little bit and that other people come forward with their own experiences meow <laughs> oh my gosh the fact that you ended that with a meow oh that was perfect it was absolutely beautiful um yeah no i i do have to say it's very very rare to not um have occurrences um in sports where you have been talked to in interesting ways and um i I, I do have to say that um, with certain teams, you would never experience anything like that. And they are the most amazing people that like you can meet. And then there's others that um, insinuate that people are just trying to sleep with their players. That's one of the things that always drives me insane is like, yes, that's why um, we all got into this career is to sleep with the players. No, like if that was our goal, we would, literally go out to old town and go to any of the various bars that we know that the players go to and trying to pick them up out there. Why would we go to where they're working? That'd be like someone walking into your work and trying to get you to sleep with them. Like some random person off the street. It's just like, uh, no, you're in the middle of work. You're focusing on something else. So that always never really clicked to me, but there's a lot of things that, um, I mean, there's a lot of things. I After reading the article today, um, I didn't realize, and, and I've worked in various different um, sports environments, so it's not just hockey, um, but in that, there's certain things that I forget almost at the point that, like, that I've experienced because the list has gotten so long that literally my boyfriend had to remind me of certain things and the fact that, like, Oh, remember when this happened? Remember when that happened? And like, even like when you were just talking about that, it reminded me of something else that happened. Like, it's just, it's funny because it kind of sucks in the fact that it becomes a normal culture where you just 
brush it off where you're like, oh yeah, another person saying something dumb, like it, or it irritates you and then you like let it go, but none of it's ever right. And, um, you know, I, I thank all of the people who are always the like best supporters and are constantly there for all of us women in sports. And I think one of the biggest issues outside of sexual harassment that we always face is the fact, as you said, that a lot of times we have to prove that we know what we're talking about because um, people automatically think that we're idiots. I, a lot of times, even on this show itself, I second guess myself and I look things up and I go, wait a second, did I say that wrong? Did I get the wrong stat? Did I do this? Because I'm afraid that any small little mistake I make, someone is going to call me out for not knowing my shit. And that if I am, because I am a five, six blue eyed blonde girl, I, there's no way in hell I can know my hockey. And that to me is honestly bullshit because if you're born with a penis, you're innately knowledgeable about sports is just the stupidest thing that you could ever come up with. Which is funny because sometimes they're not with no disrespect to some of the lovely men on our Twitter timelines who drop the reply guys with no offense to the reply guys, but some of them got no clue what's going on. But that's okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'll be quick with this because I, 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 I talked a lot about it. We, we spent a lot of, uh, I guess, a whole segment on top of our show on Thursday talking about this on the freaks. But so I'll just kind of reiterate what I, what I said on that show, which is um, number one, I appreciate you guys talking about your experiences because um, again, I'm a, I, I can be blind, bl- I can be blind to this stuff a lot of times. So reading stories from both of you guys from the women who were so courageous and going on the record and, and putting out their stories. Um, when I read it today, it kind of, it kind of hit, I was like, man, I, I, I wish I could do more to help. And I don't know how to sometimes. Um, so my, my hope here is that I think Kat, you mentioned hit on the head too, which is, I hope that, and we saw in the me too movement at some point, there was a, a flashpoint with that. And it started to, people started to felt more comfortable talking about those types of things. And I'm, I'm wondering if something like this is going to just be the start of it in terms of professional sports. I, I hope that's the case. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you guys talked about it here because, um, you know, we all know this. I work in sports radio and you look at our market here in Phoenix and when it comes to sports radio and, just about you look at every single fucking show and it's all white dudes and it's all men outside of, and I'm glad to work on the only show in the entire market that's hosted by crash Gladys, who has been a mentor for me over the last six years, working on working alongside um, her and Kenny Sarge on the freaks. She's got a, she's got fantastic taste in couches. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, so it's, it's tough to make any headway when all the fucking people that are talking about it on the radio today as the biggest topic in sports are all white dudes and things aren't going to change until that changes too. So that way we get more female voices with the bigger platforms talking about it on from the local level on up. There were a lot of great women on Twitter today who were saying much better things. I did my best job as possible to retweet as many of them because those two are the people I wanted to hear from today, not fucking 65-year-old white dude who's been working in sports radio for 30 years. 
and and Richie, you being that support person, like being realizing that and being like on our side really is like the greatest thing ever. It's just the fact that you realize it and and you're there for us is a big step in its own. Um, I would like to give a, a shout out to the guys that are on our network and the fact that um, after that that big scandal that had come out about um, all of the DMs that were really terrible about women, um, literally the guys on the network stopped in our Slack conversation and asked what I thought. And I thought that was one of the like most beautiful things ever because they they realized that they wanted to take a moment and see from like a female perspective how it affected me. And I think that was one of the most beautiful things. And they've um, acknowledged the fact of me being like, you know, um, one of the only, we have uh, more ladies on the network now, but um, I'm one of, I was one of the only ones initially that was on the network. So the fact that they always consult that I think is awesome. And, um, and a shout out to Kat and, um, a shout out a shout out to crash as well because both you cat and crash have been like two of my giant giant role models in this industry and the fact that both are you're both such strong and amazing women at what you do you're so knowledgeable and so composed in everything and i and i as i say that i kind of laugh a little bit because like cat and i goof off a fair amount but like in a professional sense, like Kat is one of the most composed people and is better than half, if not more than half of any guy that steps into any room to cover hockey. And I can't even express to you how much it means to me to be your best friend and to have worked with Crash. Like the two of you have made an immense help in my life and um just having uh strong women in the industry helps as well you're gonna make me cry i know this has gotten this has a really a really uh it's a really heartfelt conversation over it's the last a beautiful high minutes. for us yeah i think uh and i think it's worth pointing out because because like you said richie and i'll i'll kind of wrap it up with this but i think because uh, you mentioned not really knowing how to be a better ally. And I think that that's something that a lot of us were confronted with during the Black Lives Matter, the the, the beginning of the push for the movement, right? Not just the, cause it's not over. Um, and part of it is listening. Part of it is amplifying to an extent. I think that uh, that sharing is, is important, but also collaborating. And that's something that I think uh, the Arizona Coyotes media market in particular does a very good job of. I think uh, you, Richie, I mean, you have a female co-host on your show. You have me on your show more than anybody wants to hear. Um, Craig Morgan, he's been in the industry for 20 years now, and he's still constantly, like during during the the COVID pause, he still had me help him collaborate on some stories. He had me literally go out for a run to help him do some investigative work on stuff. Um, Rick Morin constantly has me on his podcast during the season. Alex Kinkoff is constantly amplifying and uh, and helping out with things. Paul Bissonette 
who shout out to him. He reached out earlier in quarantine just to check on me, see how I was doing, see if there was anything that I needed. Um, he's been a fantastic ally. Uh, he's been really good about helping get me on the intermission segments, which Doug Cannon and Luke Lipinski do a fantastic job of collaborating. So not just sharing, but using whatever clout men have in the industry and, and sort of holding hands there and saying, Hey, I did this. She is helping me with it. We are on equal ground here. Listen to us both. And that, that I think makes a huge difference. You know, if I do something on my own and Paul Bissonnette retweets it, it gets a certain amount of reach. If I do something with Paul Bissonnette, it gets a bigger reach because it gets the people who maybe wouldn't be willing to listen to just a woman. And that's an unfortunate thing to say. And it's a very unfortunate reality, but it makes a huge difference. And I think that the Coyotes market is very uniquely good for it. I think the, sorry, Coyotes fans, but the Vancouver Canucks market is also very good for it. The late Jason Botford was always very incredibly good about that. Um, a tremendous ally for women in the workplace. He was phenomenal. Um, certain other markets have been better about it. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have some really great media members who collaborate with women. Um, a few other teams here and there have done it, but that to me is one of the best ways beyond just listening. Cause that's hugely important. Letting women vent, letting women come forward with stories without judging them, but also amplifying and collaboratively amplifying saying we are in this together not just here spread your wings and I think that makes that makes a huge difference too very very well said I'll give you the last word Corey and then we'll say good night no I I agree with everything that Kat said and that's why I'm glad that uh um one of the that she brought up all those people that she did because um I think all of them really deserve you know, like shout outs about that, because it's true when, when they're there to support us in these things, it also gives those people that normally look at all of us as females, um, like, like we don't know what we're talking about when they see someone that they do respect. And it's sad that it has to be this way, but when they see someone that they do respect, um, tout this person or, um, you know, give, trying to think of the word for it like give authority to this person like they they vouch for that person it allows the person who would normally be sexist about it say she doesn't know what she's talking about to say oh wait she actually knows what she's talking about and that's that's a big deal and I'm glad that you brought that up all right well uh, with that said uh, that was a terrific conversation and um again thank you guys for for being so open and honest about it um hopefully those of you listening learned a thing or two or three from, from Corey and Kat talking about it. Um, I certainly did. Um, hope you did as well. Kat, thank you for coming on with us. We, uh, we always love having you on. Thanks for having me friends. Um, Kat's a pretty much a third co-host of this show at this point. So she'll probably be on again at, at some point during the playoffs, but uh, until then for Corey and Kat, I have been Richie. Thanks so much for listening to the return of sporty with Corey and Richie. We'll talk to you again next week. Good night. And good hockey, everybody.